Last night, <clears throat> I had the strangest dream. I sailed away to China <clears throat> in a little rowboat to find you. But you said you had to get your laundry clean. I didn't want anyone to hold you, so what does that mean? I've been running more red lights lately, and I probably maybe it has something to do with that song. Ain't nothing gonna break my stride. Nobody gonna slow me down. Oh no, I got to keep on moving. What a weird song. Last night I had the strangest dream. I sailed away to China in a little rowboat to find you. You said you had to get your laundry clean. I think the guy's just looking for rhymes. I think he's just looking for rhymes. <clears throat> but. Nevertheless, uh, you know, does anybody still watch uh, California Gold, like Hulhauser, or he had another show as well, uh, some kind of spinoff of that, or vice versa? Like California Gold was a killer, killer show. Like it was so odd and awkward and weird and funny and cool, uh, but not by design, I don't think, because Hugh Hauser was this kind of aw shucks ex-Marine guy that just went out to, like, BFE bumfuck Egypt and, uh, you know, ass-crack California to go interview, like, a bunch of old hayseeds that just sat around staring at the paint, you know, staring, watching the paint dry on the wall. And he'd show up and he'd be like, golly, how do you all live out here in Delano? How the hell you don't keep from killing yourself you know just real down you know down home kind of homespun type of <clears throat> uh interviewing techniques but but he was cool like i mean the show was cool like he literally but he literally would go to like the weird at just weird places like coarse gold you know or uh what was the other one culture you know culture he's probably been to culterville just weird random sh- pixley early mart early mart Golly, I'm out here in early Mark, California. I'm talking to uh, the uh, mayor of early Mart. Um, this is uh, 89 year old, <laughs> you know, whoever. Some guy looked like he was like, uh, you know, from the from the 1849 like prospecting days or some shit. So just weird. We're gonna go look. You're telling me this is the largest ball of mud in the west of the Mississippi? Well, I'll be. I think you went to like a spam festival one time. That was pretty interesting. Like everybody made all these creations out of spam and shit. Um, so it's it's kind of weird, weirdly morbidly entertaining. Again, not by design, but but uh, so I just um, man, I'm watching the track and field news website updates for the high school leaders well the world leaders you know like in the 1500 Jacob Ingebrigtsen's the uh, world leader in the 1500 still with the indoor time of 3.30 outdoors it's like 3.31 or something and uh, but the high school uh, there's some kid from back east ran 357 in the mile and then one of the Newberry Park kids uh which one was it Colin Young I think it was Colin one of the Young brothers because there's Leo Young there's Nico Young he's already he's like a sophomore at Northern Arizona and then his he's got two brothers Lex and uh, Colin I think no, not Colin Young. That's Colin Solomon. I'm thinking of uh, one of the young. I think it's one of because one of the young brothers, as a is a junior, and he ran, he's he's run 13:43 on the 5,000 meters outdoors as a junior in high school. What the fuck? Like, what's up with these guys? Um. Fuck. And then I think uh, one of them ran one of them ran a 339 1500. I mean these are like uh, 
these are times that are, you know, collegiately competitive. But 1343.9, because the old high school record used to be 1344 by Jerry Lingren for like 30 years or something like that. 30, yeah, about 30 years. And then um, Galen Rupp beat it. He ran 1337 or 1338. And now this junior in high school ran a 1343. Like, that's a good time. Like, that'll get you in a lot of... uh, Like, that'll probably get you All-American in the NCAAs, and this kid's a junior. But my God, I'm I'm watching for Colin Salmon's... uh, his like CIF results and stuff like that. I got to find out when the state championships are going to be, but he, one of them ran three thirty nine. One of them ran three fifty eight indoors. I think that was one of the young brothers. One of them run seven fifty seven, 3000 meters indoors. Like what? These guys are just fucking on another level, like another planet. My God, like fuck. Like, what the fuck? But, <clears throat> that's, that's just a, a, like, that's beyond comprehension, really, honestly. That they're all brothers, they all go to the same school, too. I mean, because for a long time, like, you'd have, you'd have these, you know, high school kids, these, uh, times that just come out of, no, you know, like, when, you know, like 2001 when, uh, what's his name? Alan Webb ran 353. Okay. But nobody else was running, you know, nobody else was breaking four that year. It was just like, I mean, that's fucking, that's a fucking insane time too. But, and then you, and then you go another few years and then all of a sudden like some other kid had come out like, uh, Dathan Ritzenheim. Like where are they getting these names too, by the way? But he'd come out he'd bust out like a, 29, 10, 10,000 meters in high school. Like, what the fuck? But now, this year has just been a plethora, a plethora of unfucking believable times. All from the same high school, though, the same team, the same brothers. Like a set of like, there's like five, I want to say there's five guys, right? Well, currently there's four, two sets of brothers. One of the other brothers though, is already running at Northern Arizona. He's, and then there's some, uh, there's some college sophomore at Stanford that ran twenty seven forty two. Like, dude, either the PEDs are getting harder to detect and more synthetic and more under the radar, or I don't know. We're we're witnessing an evolutionary, uh, fucking. Uh, off the chart type breakthrough here. So whatever. Okay. Anyway, that's my whole thing on that. But I saw where, uh, Carvana laid off 2,500 employees and most, it sounds like most of which a good portion of which were laid off by zoom over zoom, over a zoom call, like fucking stay in school kids. Right. Maybe. I don't know, but live by the zoom call, die by the zoom call. I say like, I mean, there will never be a point where online, straight online car purchases are going to be all that will be available to us. Uh, I can't, I just can't see it unless you, I, I, I'll, I'll hold, I'll hold out no hope for humanity if that becomes the case, because uh, like I say, it's such a personal experience to buy a car. It's an emotional experience to buy a car to, you know, see the car, put your hands on the steering wheel of the car, sit in it, feel it, smell it, smell it. You want to be it, don't you? You want to, it's like, mm, it's like God's vagina, right? Whoa. But no, it's an emotional experience. It's the second biggest purchase you'll ever, you'll ever make. And, and it, it, it gets into your uh, endocrine system. You know, when you go and you sit in a car, you get that new car smell, but Carvana, like, just clicking a button is that what society is coming down to is just you know everything's automated two-dimensional off a screen you know impersonal 
talking to somebody on the other end with a headset. Nobody wants to talk to the other person on the other end of the line who's got a headset. No, you know, I mean, people are so like isolated and so like uh, uh, there's such recluses now, you know, hiding in their fucking houses now, not dealing with human beings. It, this is what it's come down to. You, you can you can you could buy a a whole car online and feel good about it. Well, evidently not, because 2,500 people just got laid off from Carvana. But uh, you know what? KFC's hiring. But that being said, <clears throat> man, that, uh, well, you're working in an impersonal environment. And you were hired impersonally, and then you were, well, fired impersonally. It sucks. I, I My heart goes out to the people that lost their job. I don't want anybody to lose their job, but... Jesus, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And from what I gather from the story that I read, that a lot of the execs took pay cuts for the rest of the year so they could pay out the severance, the severance packages of the people they let go. Like, oh, good for you. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, absorbing. You know, partial, part. Uh, you know, your partial fucking over, over. Uh, Overvalued salary, you fucking dunce, fucking stupid. Like who buy? Who does this shit? Who buy? That was got to be the worst experience. Like I want to go for for lack of an interest, being going on something, looking at Yelp reviews or online reviews about Carvana experiences and and how poorly, how crap they are. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't see myself wasting. 20 seconds doing that, but I'll bet there's a shit ton of people buying a car and that this is a mechanical, this is a mechanical entity, you know, that, uh, you just having somebody just drop a 4,000 pound, 4,500 pound, you know, piece of machinery in your driveway with, I mean, the transmission alone's got 1,400 moving parts. And you're just cool with, you know, just having, you know, just trusting somebody to just send over what you thought you bought. All right. Well, good luck, everybody. I mean, that's what you get for, uh, I don't know, for being a coward. But, but moving on. So I've noticed that the heat is now bringing out the homeless. And uh, by that, I mean, it's kind of smoking them out, right? It's, um, it's hot. Somebody left the, uh, somebody left the heater on out here, man, in the Central Valley. And what's, what's the fallout? I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. It's, um, it's spinning these, uh, <laughs> it's spinning these, uh, these little tramps, <clears throat> spinning them out. It's, 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 uh, it's uh, expunging them from whence they from whence they lay, and so I'm out on the, you know, I do my my old man hike, you know, and as I'm walking through Old Town, you know, there, you can kind of spot, you know, like there's a distinction between the travelers that you hike past, the ones that <clears throat> or the ones that hike past you, you can tell who's who's what. And, uh, so if, if, you know, if they're wearing like full jeans and no t-shirt, like no shirt, uh, it's borderline, probably homeless. Like, uh, but they're starting to like, they're vocalizing, they're verbalizing more. And, uh, not that I, I don't, shit, I don't give a shit, but it's just what the heat does to you, man. Um, like one guy asked me where Douglas Boulevard was, uh, which is a main vein through Roseville here. As I was walking through Old Town, and one guy, another guy asked me uh, what day it was. That was interest. That was something I wasn't ready for. But because uh, even I had to think for a second, what day? Well, what day is it? <laughs> and then uh, out on the trail, though, one guy, he um, he goes, uh, he raises his hand up for a high five. So I high five him. He goes, "I'm having a bad day." I go, "Me too." And I kept walking, but he looked kind of dangerous. He looked a little dangerous, but he looked clean. But 
it's the it's the mentally ill aspect though that's um you know he wasn't uh, i could tell he wasn't out there getting his steps in he wasn't he wasn't uh, downloading a strava and uh he had kind of a just a nondescript white shirt <clears throat> and uh, it had some kind of uh I look, it had some kind of stencilized logo thing or something on it and then he had just regular uh, like denim jeans of some sort and some high tops and uh, just raised his left hand uh, I had my ear my earbuds in and uh, he goes uh, he goes I'm having a bad day I got closer and I'm I came up to him and uh, you know can't leave a guy hanging man gave him the high five and he's like I'm having a bad day I go me too brother and then I kept going I just didn't look back but it's, uh, the heat's put, it's, uh, it put a spell on them. And, uh, <laughs> that's, that time of the year, man, you can try all you want. You can prepare all you want. And so, of course, by proximity to be here being in Roseville, I'm kind of at this weird wedge of, town where you've got a stretch of uh, old town which is gives way to the uh, more established uh, <clears throat> residents and then people that have been here a lot like this used to be Roseville old town Roseville is what Roseville used to be before it became a concrete jungle of retail but it backs it backs into the Union Pacific rail yards as well so you got all the all the old mom and pop pot lot dealerships <clears throat> that are kind of strewn along the main drag here, and then that kind of dog legs to the right, and then it goes into like the the shishi kind of boutique little uh, shops, restaurants, uh, you know, little wine bars and shit like that. You know, every town's got a, every town's got a little stretch like that. Even it kind of looks like Long Beach. It looks like downtown Long Beach or not downtown, but like old, old town Long Beach that feeds into the, 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 the wharfs and the piers. But it, as it backs into the rail yard, see, um, you've got this, this kind of this open spigot of transient lifestyle, which, uh, because they're ho- they're hopping the trains, right? And the reason I know that is because I'm I want to I I used to hop trains. I want to hop. I'm gonna hop. I'll probably hop a train, and it's not legal. Um, but one of my boys, William T. William T. Volman, my boy. He's a, he's a train hopper, but I was looking at. Uh, I was doing some research on train on. The, the world of, excuse me, train, the world of train jumping. And I found this old article from November, November of 2013. <clears throat> and um, there's this about this kid, uh, Malcolm Parks. Um, and uh, there's a photo, it says that the black and white photograph of Malcolm Parks looks like a relic of the Great Depression. He's dressed in patchwork jeans a sleeveless shirt, black boots, and a bandana around his neck. His dreadlocks are the only clue to the photo's recent origins. The picture says a lot about the 22-year-old Sacramento native. The last five years of Park's life looked a lot like a relic, too. While his peers worked summer jobs, looked for dates, and fretted over college credits, Park's rode trains. Uh, his Facebook page showed him shows him Checking in at various locations around the country, Savannah, Georgia, Grand Forks, North Dakota, oh, New York City. One of his, uh, one of his last posts, uh, a May 23rd picture from Charleston, South Carolina, of Parks and a buddy at a table piled with blue crap. So this guy got around, but, uh, but I was always, says I was always worrying if I'd ever see him again, said Parks' sister, Sarah Kearney of Sacramento. So he must have been a... Um, uh, probably lived around here, Sacramento or Roseville. <clears throat> she said she knew he was doing what he loved and that he felt he had found a family on the road. Parks died June 30th in rural Georgia as a result of trauma suffered when he fell from and was struck by a moving train. 
according to the Coweta uh, Co- County Sheriff's Office. He would have been 23 on October 19th. For as long as there have been rails, people have been riding them illegally. In the gritty depression years, folk singer Woody Guthrie mythologized America's train-hopping hobos and the itinerant lifestyle he sometimes shared. And a lot of guys did this. You know, Jack Kerouac did this literally like, I mean, the first uh, first third of On the Road, you see him. No, no, not On the Road. Uh, Dharma Bums talks about um, sharing a boxcar with hobos and tramps and bums, and there are, which there are distinctions. There are differences. Um, the train hopping continues, but nowadays... The mythologizing has a, has a modern spin. Uh, websites such as uh, squattheplanet.com, which I checked out. It's very interesting. It's very fascinating. Uh, matter of fact, uh, let me see. And Vagabond 101, which I clicked on. They're both linked up in this article. But Vagabond 101 went to some weird Chinese thing site i don't know what's going on with that it's corrupted it's it's a portal for uh chinese spies who were probably uh roaming about the lawrence livermore labs as we speak but but squat the planet is basically a uh, looks like a kind of a forum or a blog and uh, it it's got subcategories <clears throat> and then um General introductions, you can register, but you go, so you go to the initial page, and it's, uh, the heading is around the campfire, then it goes to introductions, so you you can introduce yourself, then next is travel stories, and then, then it goes to another subcategory of where to, so it goes destinations by regions, events gathering, gatherings, festivals, urban exploration, and another subcategory is modes of travel. So it, it, it kind of breaks it up into um, subcategories of travelers. So you got the hitchhikers, and you got the train hoppers, uh, which is actually a private. Uh, it's it's uh, you have to you, you have to be registered for that. I don't. I think the distinction with that is that um, because of its illegality, uh, the train hopping is kind of a. Um, well, you got to be re- you got to be registered. Uh, and it protects, it privatizes the uh, exposure to the poster, the person posting, I, I suppose. There's bike touring, you got all the bike tours, you got the uh, boat punks, the sailors, and then there's other forms of travel, which could be anything. Um, and it just goes on and on, you go... Uh, Sublinks to what they call crust surfing, which is like a yep, it's a place where you can offer a couch to stay on or find one for yourself. Uh, misconnections, it's kind of like a it's kind of a clunk and side version, say, of like a Craigslist kind of thing. Uh, they got obituaries, they've got untrustworthy and shady people subcategories. Uh, then you go to a third subcategory, you go to called road life and there's the heading uh, the different <clears throat> forms you got food where to sleep travel gear making money which shows uh at the head of the page it's showing buskers um so yeah it just dabbles in a bit of everything and uh, so people just uh obviously i've been kind of geeking out on all these bike touring Types, you know, like this guy Lorenzo, Lorenzo Baron, the Italian. Uh, God only knows where he's at. He's probably somewhere in Ethiopia right now. And um, then you've got oh, so then I'm as I'm scrolling through Instagram, right? So I just decide. Uh, I don't know. I I came up. I get. I I I. Procured, I, I cultivated a yet yet another crazy bastard who's out doing some crazy shit, and this guy by the name 
of Mike Wardian is currently, as we speak, he started May. Let's see. Where is it? Mike Wardian. He's um, an ultra runner. And uh, I believe it was May 2nd, beginning of this month, a couple weeks ago. He started running. He's running from coast to coast. He's running from San Francisco to, uh, I believe, Maryland. Okay, he's running 80 kilometers per day. So that's about 50 miles. Uh, to be specific, it's actually like 49.7 miles. But but I'm looking at his journal, in, or not his journal. Well, he, he journalizes it on, on his Instagram. Uh, I think on his was his, his Instagram, and he's averaging over fifty miles per day. He's hitting like uh, fifty miles one day, fifty one the next, fifty one the next, fifty the next, fifty two the next, fifty three, then back to fit. You know, right around there. And it's fascinating because uh, one of the first pictures I noticed was him in West Sac at the sign that I drive by. God, probably two three times a week. Is a sign that shows you uh, in West Sac. It shows you the distance if you take Highway 50, which he's taking Highway 50, which is the loneliest highway in the world. Uh, that if you were to stay on that road, indicated by that sign, you would be in Ocean City, Maryland, in 3,076 miles. There's a picture of him in his uh, Instagram. And um, <clears throat> so. Yeah, he began on May first in San Francisco, and he hopes to dip his feet in the Atlantic in in the Atlantic in two months by the Fourth of July. So two months. This this motherfucker's running, running across um, the U.S. By all means, he's forty eight years old. He's an actual. Run, I mean, he's a runner. He's a runner. Runner. Like I did some. I did a little dive on his background. He's a two seventeen marathoner, and that's nothing to sneeze at, man. If you can break two twenty in the marathon, uh, well, that'll qualify you for the Olympic trial. He's running th- three Olympic trials that I'm aware of, but two seventeen isn't going to get you in the. It's not going to get you on the team, unfortunately. But still, that's nothing. I mean, that's about a. Let's see, two eleven is a five minute per mile pace. So. What is that? Another six minutes times 60 is uh, 360. So that's like, uh, what is that? About five, 20 pace? No, yeah, about five, 520 pace. Because six minute pace is uh, 237. So he's like, uh, yeah, it's like 520 something pace per mile. I mean that's pretty damn good. There's only I think there's only two women have ever beaten uh run under 220 and uh he's not one of them because he's a man. Um but 217 again. But his thing is like the bigger he's like uh he just he just broke some let's see what did he what record did he break? It was like a thousand it was the 1000 kilometer Beep, 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 beep. Uh. uh yeah. A thousand kilometer Mike Wardian ran six hundred and thirty-one miles. Which is well, a thousand kilometers is actually six hundred and twenty miles, but it says here Mike Wardian ran six hundred and thirty-one miles. A thousand kilometers in ten days, sixteen hours and thirty-six minutes to set a new FKT. Fastest known time. This March 2019. Uh, that's pretty damn, pretty damn impressive. But that's his, that's his wheelhouse. It's like the long stuff, which, again, is like I don't know, because I'm, when it comes to running, like I become a purist. Like I want to see like the 10,000 meters in like Oslo, Norway, and like the Bizlet Games, and when they're running like 2650. You know, and it's like five guys at the bell lap and they got to run a 53-second last lap after running 25 laps to win, right? That's what I want to see. But this guy, hats off to him because um, I was looking at his live feed on Instagram and they were showing, this was 
this was only a few days ago. He was in Ely, Nevada. Uh, so he's covering some ground, but the live feed was showing um, like snow flurries, like walking. It just kind of shows like the bleakness of Nevada and more specifically Ely, Nevada. Um, his dad is like his support crew. His, uh, his dad is um, driving behind him in like an RV. So he's like, so he's got meals, he's got shelter, he's got a restroom, blah, blah, blah. So it's cool. Like, and he's raising money for drinking water. So it's something but 50 miles a day. 50 miles a day. And that's in two months. So, so let me see. So which is more impressive? The Timothy Allen Olson record that he ran last year on the PCT, which is 2,680 miles, and he averaged about 50 miles, a little over 50 miles a day. Or this guy, Mike Wardian, who's doing about 50 miles a day, but for about 3,000 miles. So I'm going to, I don't know, they're both equally uh, staggering and impressive. But the thing, uh, I think Timothy Olson's uh, record's probably a little less supported uh I don't know. I think his I think his wife kind of helped him along, but she couldn't have gone step for step on the trail with him. Like Wardian's dad probably can drive every inch that he's running. So, I don't know. Either way, they're, they're both fascinating. It's it's a staggering staggering thing. So, so then I, the other day I was over at um I was over at the blood donor center and I was talking to this dude that um he uh, he's like the he's like a, I don't know they got they all got receptionists right and I guess he's he's the receptionist it's, it's all good hey man hey civil rights man it's the 90s right <laughs> and but he's a he's uh it's hard to get he's he still wears a mask but he kind of, he's got, he's cool. He's like a, a little shorter guy. He's about half my height. And, uh, but he's, he's a friendly enough guy. And when the other day he was, um, he was sitting at the desk and he had this, he had like a, like this gemstone, like a, like a piece of, uh, crystallized, um, like a crystallized rock, you know, when you cut into it and you can see the in, inside and you see the crystals and stuff like that. And uh, he goes, uh, hey, you ever seen one of these? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, a buddy of mine's a geologist. And he showed me this thing. I'm like, well, oh, where'd you get that? He goes, oh. He, I, he goes, uh, Nevada. He goes, somewhere in Nevada. Like, you got it somewhere in Nevada. I'm like, we're talking about somewhere in Nevada, being in the middle of nowhere, like Ely. And I'm like, man. I don't know how it came up, but Nevada, we're just talking Nevada and how bleak and there's just a, there's a bleak nothingness going on there. And, uh, he said, yeah, but all those hills, you know, when you look out there, um, like there's stuff out there, you know, um, like my, um, producer daughter, she drove out to Austin, Nevada last year. And, uh, that's uh, about 50 miles from nowhere. That's like dead. So that's off the 50. There's, there's nothing out there. Uh, Elko, Nevada, one of my favorite haunts, one of my favorite hangouts is in the middle of nowhere. But all those hills, he was, so this guy, he was showing me his rock. He's like, uh, yeah, you know, those, all those hills out there, you know, there's stuff in those hills. You know, there's like mines and there's old abandoned mines. There's old abandoned stretches of railroad. And uh, there's still railroad running through there, but it's, but there's, anyway, I just thought it was kind of a strange conversation, blah, blah, blah. And so last week I went out, I, I was there again and I, uh, it was kind of the end of the day and I was, I, I noticed the guy was there and he's like, uh, I go, Hey, I go, uh, I go, you know, that rock you were showing me about, you know, geological formations and the middle of Nevada and all the emptiness out there. He said, yeah, yeah. I go, you know, there's a guy running right now across Nevada. It's like, no, he goes, I go, yeah, he's, well, actually he's running across America. 
He's running, he's like doing a Forrest Gump, right? From San Francisco to Maryland. He's like, no, he's like, he goes, I did that, but I did that on bike. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I did it on, on my bike. I, I biked across the U.S. I'm like, Whoa, what? I'm like, yeah, I go, I go, did you, did you, did you do it with anybody? Did you go with anybody? He said, well, I had some company for part of the way, but mm, not much of it. Uh, no, it's pretty much on my own. I'm like, huh? Like, I'm like, bro. He goes, yeah. He goes, man, when you're riding in like middle of the night, he said Idaho. And I'm like, uh, that doesn't sound, that's not very, that's not on the way. That's not, I don't know. I don't know what route he took, but he goes, uh, he goes, uh, when you're in the middle of nothing, nothingness in Idaho, just flat road, pitch black, middle of the night. Like, you just want to keep going. Like, you don't want to stop, you know? Like, you're kind of like, <laughs> like, it's a little kind of, maybe a little unsettling, maybe a little unnerving, which I get. I'm, 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 I'm certain of that. So I'm like, what did you do? What did, like, you just camp out? Like, you just have a tent? He's like, yeah, man, I just threw my tent out. Like, bro, I'm going to pick. I had to go, but I was like, I'm picking your brain, man. Next time I run into him. I want to hear more about this shit. But there's people that do this. This is like, there's, there's some kind of movement. There's some kind of, there's some kind of, I don't know, manifest destiny, right? Except instead of, instead of racing from east to west, it seems like people are going west to east. Could you imagine, like, what was going through early homesteaders minds when they're like racing from the east you know when they're like fuck the east coast you know we're gonna go out to you know we're gonna go out we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna go to the wet we're gonna we're gonna hit the wet we're going west i'm taking my family we're going west we don't know what's out there and they didn't and it was nasty because there was apaches all over texas just waiting to scalp some motherfuckers and just bad juju just the sights that you would see, like when you would leave like uh, the East Coast, you know, the Appalachians or Massachusetts or the early colonies or the, you know, the East Coast. And you're like, you, you start, you know, you start heading toward, you know, you get through Pennsylvania. It's still kind of green and rural. Get past Washington, D.C. And then you hit like Nebraska. You're like, what? Like, just a sea of corn. <laughs> just nothing. Not even corn. Like, at that point, what's out there? You know? Early early 19th century. You know? 1830. Like, what's out there? What's out there? No, there's no... There isn't even any corn yet out in Nebraska, right? So you keep... So you move past that. You move past the Dakotas. Because who wants the... I mean, the Dakotas are so... Why do we have two Dakotas? We should just combine those bitches. But... You keep going, it's all, you know, you're in Iowa, you're in, of course, none of these places really existed yet, but you're just kind of this bland, flat nothingness, and then all of a sudden, like, off in the distance, you see, like, the fucking, the Rockies, the Continental Divide, Colorado, what? Holy shit. You got, you got Wyoming, South of that, you got New Mexico, you got the Great Sand Dunes, which at that point was just the sand dunes. It was just like, there wasn't even a national park yet. And you're like, whoa. And then you keep going a little further, and you get out to, like, Grand Canyon. You get out to, like, you get out to, like, the Arch, you know, where the Arch, Arch National Park, the Monument Valley, all those, all those rock formations out there in the southwest. Then you hit, and then, you, and then you're like, whoa. And then you hit Nevada. You're like, whoa. Er, fuck, this sucks. And then you get a little further. You, you hit Utah. Or uh, you, uh, once you get out of Nevada, once you get out of Utah and New Mexico, you hit Nevada. Then you're like, what? And then you hit California. You're like, what? Needles? Needles, California, the hottest place in the world? every year <laughs> and then you go and then you hit like San Diego you're like well this was worth it 
you know. Then you hit the West Coast, but you see, I mean, what a gamble. But what a payoff. What if you accidentally just stumbled into Yosemite? Like, what the fuck? Like, I just came from Nevada, and then, and then now I'm in, now I'm here. I just came through Bridgeport. I just came through Mono County, creepy ass Mono County, and now I'm in Yosemite. But it trout, you know. Expand your mind, expand your mind, see the country. But, but, but that's what I don't know. I guess that's why I have. That's why I have uh, kind of a weird, a penchant for these weirdos, you know, these weirdos that. And this guy Wardian, he's forty-eight years old. He's only a few years younger than me. But you gotta, ha- you gotta, uh, you gotta tip your hat. You gotta give it. Give it up for these weirdos, man. And, and and I'm the king of the weirdos, you know? Um, so that's probably why I kind of gravitate towards these 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 weirdos. But but on, on squat like on Squat the Planet, like you see you kind of like there's news and blogs and people that stories of people like there's another one here uh from Feb- Feb- February 6th of 2022 uh somebody wrote uh let's see there one the author of this forum post is a guy named Gypsy Bones he's a, he's got like a fedora <laughs> his his uh, profile picture is a cartoonized version of him or somebody I'm assuming it's him with a beard, some Blues Brothers looking sunglasses, and a fedora. And uh, it goes by Gypsy Bones. And it just says, underneath it says Nomad. So his title is Nomad. But he kind of shines a light on, um, it says the heading here is, What an Olympic medalist, homeless in Seattle, wants you to know. So, and it's the story that he wrote about uh, a cyclist in the Olympics uh, in the 90, 80s and 90s from 84, 88, 92, and then uh, 96, but she left the team in 96 abruptly during the Olympics and retired from cycling and entered the workforce. But her name is Rebecca Twig, who now lives... Uh, as a homeless in, in in a series of homeless shelters, this is an Olympian, four time Olympian. She's fifty six. Agreed to share a story to convince the public that not all homeless people are addicted to drugs or alcohol. That there are many like her who have struggled with employment and are confused, as she said she is, about what to do next with their lives. She did not. She did not want to discuss mental health, but it feels it should be treated more seriously. Uh, in Washington, as far as legislation goes, but uh, but that's kind of a sobering little story. But getting back to um, this kid, though, um, the one hopping the train, this kid, uh, this Parks kid, it was showing. Well, see, I I kind of keep my eye on those railways out there. And um, because, like I say, it's kind of we're we're wedged in this kind of a a, a little uh, interesting little pocket of town. Like there's, it's kind of um, it's fringed. So it's got the creek, or I haul my cookies every day, every morning. But it's also got um. Uh, well, and that's kind of where they, they, because when you go, okay, so what you're, basically what I'm doing is I'm going out on this creek trail that span, it goes through several under, or overpasses, it goes under the overpasses. And so what you're looking at is a lot of um, the creek, the creeks that run through the under the overpass and then 
you've got these kind of like they they look as if it's a levee that's going up on each side of the the creek of course and then there's a pocket between the overpass and the top of the levee where you see people that are pretty much camped out like so a lot of the or it seems like a, a handful of the of the uh, transients and the hobos and the bums and the homeless and drifters and nomads kind of like make their way from maybe some of them from the rail yards through old town uh like as i, as I was walking this morning through old town there was a guy yeah this was like 8 a.m guy was yelling at an atm and he didn't have any money but um so they make their way through old town and then um And then either make their way down to the creek, into the woods, or under these overpasses. Uh, you see the tents. There's only a couple, but uh, so they kind of they kind of they kind of circulate in and around that. So this, anyway, this kid, this poor kid, he must have been in this in kind of a similar. Uh, where's the damn thing? He must have been. It must have been in a similar situation. Um, he had hopped a train, made his way. Um, well, evidently all over the country: Georgia, South Carolina. Um, and possibly rooted in Sacramento, but with access to with access to um, with access to a lot of these same routes, right? That wander through town and then maybe down into the creeks or uh, up underneath the overpasses, but so the Vagabond 101 site supposedly uh, offers a tip-filled uh, tip section on train hopping, including a guide to uh, the illustrated signs travelers use to communicate, uh, pictographs supposedly developed by hobos in the 1930s, uh, are sometimes still used. The site says, scratched or drawn on the backs of signs or on buildings near rail lines. It's not a complete takeover, but you can see remnants. As, I, as I'm walking through there, you can see remnants of, uh, you know, the, the, the paths and stuff. And, and, um, and it's, just, it's just an interesting way of life. But um, then this, so this Sacramento Bee article goes on, talks about this guy, guy by the name of Dan Skaggs, he's 30, said he he's spent the last 10 years in and out of the, traveler lifestyle quote-unquote the traveler lifestyle right kind of like a gypsy it's kind of a gypsy thing but without the caravan right without the bare knuckle bare knuckle boxing uh and the last two years on the rails uh filming a doc he filmed a documentary called freeload it's interesting like a lot of struggling artists these days he said he turned to um internet crowdfunding to get money for his highway Goat Productions project, raising seven thousand dollars in thirty days on a kick on the Kickstarter website. Uh, the sixty-five minute film follows the lives of young train riders as they ramble across the country. The film has not been formally released, although Skaggs said he has submitted it to several film festivals across the country. So it's a whole it's a subculture. Um, while not one of those featured in the film parks, the kid that lost his life was one of dozens of young travelers interviewed by Skaggs, who, was call, who he calls uh, Missoula, Montana home these days. He called Parks a well-liked kid. He seemed more amused than angry when he noted that he and Parks had once had an alcohol-fueled fistfight. So, uh, so Parks, uh, his death... 
uh, and another and another fatality in Roosevelt show the darker, dangerous side of train hopping. So this this article centered around um, the very dry creek where I I hike every morning. In May, the decomposing body of 19-year-old John Alpert of Palmdale was found on the banks of Roosevelt's dry creek near the city's rail yards. So there's a, it's a it's a it's a funnel system. It's an underground railroad. You 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 know you come out of the Above ground railroad, you hit the underground railroad. In the subculture, these these kids and these uh, this I don't know, I don't know if they're disenfranchised. Are they angry? Are they is they are they doing this out of spite? Are they doing out of uh, doing it out of sheer adventure? I mean, it's really uh, it's really engrossing. It's really um, it's quite interesting. Um, but again, it's like. You got to have your wits about you because I, I went by, I was going to time myself out on the out on the uh, high school track yesterday and I went out there, but I had to cross the, the, the rail yards to do it. So I went, I went through and, uh, you know, I just kept my head on a swivel, just looking for, looking for signs of travelers, transients, people. And uh, so this article kind of summed it up for me. Like um, I'd went out to the high school. I was going to do a. I was going to do a a time trial to get an accurate, an accurate, mm, an accurate time as far as how fast I was going to see what how long it would take me to complete a lot of these trails. Which, by the way, I'm fucked because I can't do 10 minutes per mile. I can't do 10 minutes per mile on a walk. What am I thinking? You know, here I'm talking about doing Trans-Catalina in like 36 hours. I mean, um, (laughs) six hours for 36 miles. That ain't happening, man. I was mm, no good, no bueno, particularly with the heat. But... So the article goes on to say, unlike Parks, who lived for years riding the rails, Alpert was stepping outside his uh, familiar world, okay? So so there's a learning curve, obviously. Um, Roosevelt police are investigating Alpert's death as a homicide. They think he met up with some experienced train hoppers, possibly online, before joining him for his first and last illegal train ride. Alpert had never been in trouble with the law and attempted and attended a, Palmdale, uh, attended a Palmdale Community College before taking time off to, take, to help take care of his parents, his mother told the Sacramento Bee. Cecilia Alpert described him as a devoted son, a big-hearted young man, and a talented artist. Police suspect he was killed shortly after arriving in Roseville on March 17th, the last day he sent his mother a text message. His body showed signs of blunt force trauma. Detectives would like to talk to the train riders who were with Alpert, but have not released the names of any persons of interest. Uh, Skag said, young people sometimes decide it would be fun to ride the rails without understanding the danger. They, under- they don't understand how serious it is, he said. There. There's a chance you can fall off a train or have your head, your head beat in by a baseball bat or see your girlfriend get raped. Oh, yeah, that's very nice. That would be great. Under the radar. So with its 52-track, six-mile-long facility, the Roseville Train Yard, officially named J.R. Davis Yard, is a common stop for train hoppers, said Dave Flood, the Roseville police officer focused on the homeless population. Train riders are their own breed compared to Roseville homeless, Flood said. He said that he doesn't know how many of them pass through the train yard and that he occasionally has contact with them. When he does, he, advise, he advises them to stay off his radar by staying outside of city limits. So, it's this was 2013. Now, I don't... Um, it's not an... We're not inundated with a lot of this activity that I that I see. I just see the ones, you know, like the guy yelling at the ATM this morning or the guy, wanted, you know, who's having a bad day but still gave me a high five on the trail this morning among the other you know it you see rep you know you see like bits and pieces of you know living of existing 
in and among the trees and the bushes, you know, clothing and parts of, you know, but stuff left over from people doing whatever they were doing there. Um, train hoppers, it says, tend to congregate in a wooded area just outside Roseville City limits or across the tracks beneath an overpass behind the Antelope Walmart, Flood said, not far from where Albert, Albert's body was found. Uh, and yeah, the further you go, the further, the further west you go here, you hit the town of Antelope, and that's where it gets even a little more sketchier because you've got kind of a, you've got kind of a, now you got a kind of a gang element. So you mix that with a transient element, it's it gets a little sketchy. Uh, on a recent Friday evening, near nearly a dozen young men and women were gathered under that overpass clad in dirt smudge clothes they declined to be interviewed but were friendly enough offering a pull of their boxed wine many of the young train hoppers keep one foot in the modern world by having a cell phone and maintaining a facebook page i mean you gotta you gotta get out there and full toxicity you know be part of the toxicity uh park's park's sister said he typically used other people's phones to post pictures on his page or call home flood said he occasionally sees travelers charging phones from a power outlet outside a convenience store near the tracks but it's just a it's fat it's a fascinating lifestyle like it's um it's it's a parallel existence it's uh i don't you know it it's definitely not ozzy and harriet it's definitely not um you know you got to be on your toes. And, uh, but yeah, as I was kind of lingering around there yesterday, you could just, you could just sense that it was like, it wouldn't be hard to kind of, kind of maneuver through. I mean, there's so many tracks out there. And then there's just large swaths of population. Like, so the Denial's Farmer's Market backs into the rail yards the rail yards then with their they got if they say it's got 52 tracks i believe it because it's huge and then that feeds into old town and then the old town feeds into the creek and you've got yourself kind of a uh mm, a nice little pathway to dive diversionary traveling you can uh make a go of it but um God, it would be, I don't know, you know, it just, like, looking in this guy's eyes that I, I high-fived today, like, I just, I didn't want to look back, like, I mean, he didn't, you know, 99 times out of 100, he's not going to pose a threat, but you never, I mean, that home, you know, that mentality, it's like, it's the, it's the mentally ill aspect, so that's what you've got to be aware of, and, uh, you know, it just is what it is, um, so, is there a big difference between running across America versus biking across America versus just tramping across America? I mean, they did the book Into the Wild is a fast, like the, the, the one about Christopher McCandless they made a movie out of. Sean Penn made the movie Into the Wild about the kid who ended up in Alaska on, uh, living on the bus. Same deal. I mean, he went through the whole, he went through the whole, I mean, he got jumped. He got, he got beat up in LA. Um, he commandeered a kayak through the, the whole Colorado River, you know, in lieu of getting a permit. Like, you know, there's like, you're kind of wading in and out of, acceptable lifestyle behaviors according to well according to society you know based on their judgment but what the fuck do they know so it just you could just it's like it's like looking at a color spectrum you know and the top of the color spectrum is like you know yellow green blue purple red you know each 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 level is as another uh like yellow being the safest that would be the person probably probably running across US 50 the entire country with a support crew and then you got homeboy 
down at Midtown downtown, the donor center who rode his bike unsupported by himself, riding through the middle of the darkness of Idaho. <laughs> or, and then you've got the Woody Guthrie crowd, you know, who was uh, pretty much, that was pretty much Bob Dylan's idol. Woody Guthrie, just riding trains. Jack Kerouac, the beginning of Dharma Bums, riding, sharing a, sharing a jug of wine with a, with a hobo. You know, it glamorizes it a little, but at the same time, there's a little bit of danger. There's a little element of danger. So, again, you just got to kind of, you know, use your best judgment. Um, it's dark out there. And, uh, you know, one minute you're hiking along looking at the latex spandex of some middle-aged suburbanite, you know, carrying along her canteen, and the next minute you're high-fiving some mental defect who's uh, having a bad day. What are you going to do, you know? So it's fascinating, interesting, interesting setting around here. Very interesting. And... Uh, I don't know. Not so far, that's about all I got. But um, the further I go, the more I train, the longer I'm out, the more I see. Which is the way it usually is anyway, isn't it? Oh, well. That's all I got for you today, folks. Hope you enjoyed it, and I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, babies.